Good morning, everyone. It's Jay from St. Bart's. It is Wednesday and Holy Week. It is a big week and a big day. Tomorrow, Maundy Thursday or Holy Thursday, begins the great three days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, that precede Easter. Um, all week long, you've been praying. You've been reading the scriptures. And this morning, we join together for one last morning prayer of the season of Lent. So it's my delight to be with you. I do want to say from the outset, I just can't stand it. I have to read from the lectionary that follows the season this morning. So we're going to be reading from the Daily Office lectionary from the 1979 Book of Common Prayer, which is not a Lectio Continua per se, like the, our current uh, prayer book lectionary for the Daily Office. So we'll be reading from Lamentations 2. In Mark chapter 12, and our psalm appointed for today will be Psalm 55. But again, I'll be reading that out of the, the new uh, modern Miles Coverdale translation in the new 2019 prayer book. So on this Wednesday of Holy Week, find a place to sit or kneel. Take some deep breaths. <laughs> Let the craziness of the week sort of wash away. And as we find ourselves kind of like Jonah in the belly of the whale, that may not make sense, but Jonah was running from God and God found him and put him in a confined place so that he would know what it is to cry out to God. Some of you may be feeling like you're in a confined place today or this season. Um, I'm in my closet. <laughs> so literally a confined place. Um, I wasn't running from God, but, but I trust that the Lord wants to teach me something. And I trust that he wants to teach all of us something um, as he has his sovereign will in this strange, strange season. So let's kneel and begin on page one of your prayer booklet. Holy God, holy mighty, holy immortal, have mercy on us. Holy God, holy mighty, holy immortal, have mercy on us. Holy God, holy mighty, holy immortal, have mercy on us. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength. And my Redeemer. Let us confess our sins humbly unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And apart from your grace, there is no health in us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Spare those who confess their faults. Restore those who are penitent. According to your promises, declare to all people in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may now live a godly, righteous, and sober life 
to the glory of your holy name. Amen. The Almighty and most merciful Lord, Lord, grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand, and together on page 3 we'll say the Pascha Nostrum without the Alleluias. Christ, our Passover, has been sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. The psalm appointed for today is Psalm 55, and I want you to hear this psalm especially in light of the time and the day that it is. It's morning prayer on the Wednesday of Holy Week. Hear my prayer, O God, and hide not yourself from my petition. Give heed to me and hear me, for I am troubled and in my prayer and am tormented because of the cry of the enemy and oppression by the ungodly. For they are of a mind to do me great harm. So maliciously are they set against me. My heart is disquieted within me, and the fear of death has fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling have come upon me, <clears throat> and a horrible dread has overwhelmed me. And I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then would I flee aw fly away and be at rest. Indeed, then I would get away to a far-off place and make my dwelling in the wilderness. I would make haste to escape because of the stormy wind and tempest. Confuse their speech, O Lord, and divide them, for I have seen unrighteousness and strife in the city. Day and night they go about within her walls. Trouble and sorrow are in the midst of her. Great wickedness is there. Deceit and guile do not leave her streets. For it is not an empty enemy who has done me this dishonor. For then I could have borne it. Neither was it my adversary who exalted himself against me. For then I would have hidden myself from him. But it was you, my companion, my comrade, and my own familiar friend. We took sweet counsel together and walked in the house of God as friends. Let death come hastily upon them. Let them go down alive into the grave, for there is wickedness in their hearts. As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. In the evening and morning and at noonday I will pray and lament. He shall hear my voice. It is he who shall deliver my soul in peace from the battle that is against me, for there are many who fight me. God who endures forever shall hear me and bring them down, for they never change, nor do they fear God. My familiar friend has laid his hands upon those who are at peace with him, and he has broken his covenant. The words of his mouth were softer than butter, yet war was in his heart. His words were smoother than oil, and yet they were drawn swords. 
Oh, cast your burden upon the Lord, and he shall nourish you, and shall not allow the righteous to fall forever. But as for the bloodthirsty and deceitful, you, O God, shall bring them into the pit of destruction. They shall not live out half their days, but my trust shall be in you, O Lord. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Our first lesson is a reading from Lamentations 2, 1 through 9. How the Lord in his anger has set the daughter of Zion under a cloud. He has cast down from heaven to earth the splendor of Israel. He has not remembered his footstool on the day of his anger. The Lord has swallowed up without mercy all the habitations of Jacob. In his wrath he has broken down the strongholds of the daughter of Judah. He has brought down to the ground in dishonor the kingdom and its rulers. He has cut down in fierce anger all the might of Israel. He has withdrawn from them his right hand in the face of the enemy. He has burned like a flaming fire in Jacob, consuming all around. He has bent his bow like an enemy, with his right hand set like a foe. And he has killed all who were delightful in our eyes, in the tent of the daughter of Zion. He has poured out his fury like fire. The Lord has become like an enemy. He has swallowed up Israel. He has swallowed up all its palaces. He has laid in ruin its strongholds. And he has multiplied in the daughter of Judah mourning and lamentation. He has laid waste his booth like a garden, laid in ruins his meeting place. The Lord has made Zion forget festival and Sabbath. And in fierce indignation he has spurned king and priest. The Lord has scorned his altar, disowned his sanctuary. He has delivered into the hand of the enemy the walls of her palaces. They raised a clamor in the house of the Lord as on the day of festival. The Lord determined to lay in ruins the wall of the daughter of Zion. He stretched out the measuring line. He did not restrain his hand from destroying. He caused rampart and wall to lament. They languished together. Her gates have sunk into the ground. He has ruined and broken her bars. Her king and princes are among the nations. The law is no more, and her prophets find no vision from the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. On page 13, let us say together the canticle Benedictus S. Domine. Glory to you, Lord God of our fathers. You are worthy of praise. Glory to you. Glory to you for the radiance of your holy name. We will praise you and highly exalt you forever. Glory to you in the splendor of your temple, on the throne of your majesty, glory to you. Glory to you seated between the cherubim. We will praise you and highly exalt you forever. Glory to you beholding the depths in the high vault of heaven, glory to you. Glory to you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We will praise you and highly exalt you forever. The second lesson is a reading from the Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. And Jesus began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard and put a fence around it, and dug a pit for the wine press, and built a tower, and leased it to tenants, and went into another country. When the season came, he sent a servant 
to the tenants to get from them some of the fruit of the vineyard. And they took him and beat him and sent him away empty-handed. Again he sent to them another servant, and they struck him on the head and treated him shamefully. And he sent another, and him they killed. And so with many others, some they beat and some they killed. He had still one other, a beloved son. Finally he sent him to them, saying, They will respect my son. But those tenants said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. And they took him and killed him and threw him out of the vineyard. What will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the tenants and give the vineyard to others. Have you not read this scripture? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And they were seeking to arrest him, but feared the people, for they perceived that he had told the parable against them. So they left him and went away. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, be seated as we consider these lessons. Now you see why I wanted to go to that lectionary. Psalm 55 is so powerful. It's a psalm I say almost every day in my uh, daily prayers. And it's incredibly powerful when we put it in the context of Jesus speaking it. Do you recall some of the things that the psalmist said and how we might consider those to be the words of Jesus? Especially when Jesus says, If it would have been an enemy, I could have handled it. Or if it was my adversary, I would have expected it. But it was my friend, one with whom I had sweet counsel together. And so we can only imagine Judas being on the mind of Jesus as as he would take this psalm on his own lips to pray it. We hear him say, there is trouble and strife in the city. We can imagine Jerusalem was full of tumult on the days before Jesus was to be given up, or rather would give himself over to be crucified for us. But we still hear a resolve, a crying out in the psalmist's voice, as if it were Jesus, to the Father, crying out for deliverance and for retribution on those who would betray him. And we see and we know that for Judas especially, there was almost immediate vindication for his acts of betrayal. Lamentations too is fascinating, isn't it? We hear that all of these things have been done to Jerusalem, and especially to Zion and the temple precincts, the places that we've been that have been built and beautified for the purpose of worship. And we've been reading in the book of Exodus, haven't we? All about how God gave these very clear, very explicit instructions to Moses on how to build and construct the tabernacle. It was a place of great beauty. It was holy because it was set aside for worship. It was a place of great value. And it was holy to God. Only one person could go in the Holy of Holies, and that was the high priest. And he had to be wearing that ephod and the breastplate and the turban and the diadem and all of these things, all these vast rules that God set up to demonstrate how other, how holy God is. And so 
His worship must be holy, and so his people must also be holy. But disaster, calamity has come upon Jerusalem, precisely because God's people have not been holy. They have not kept the law. They have not obeyed the voice of the Lord. They have not followed in the straight way and chosen life and therefore blessing. But rather, they have adulterated themselves to false gods, to idols, to gods that are not real. We recall the people of Israel while Moses is up on Mount Sinai, how they gathered all their gold and Aaron fashioned for them a golden calf. Now, several hundred years later, we see the people of Israel falling into the same old trap again. And notice what Lamentations 2 says. It doesn't say that a great enemy, that Babylon has come to destroy, that Babylon has come to ransack and rape and pillage and kill and fill the streets with blood. What does it say? That the Lord has done these things. God takes sin very seriously. And again, we have the people of Israel being spoken to by our Lord Jesus, and he tells a parable, the parable of the tenants. This parable is very easy to understand. It is very clear. This man built a vineyard. It was a great vineyard. It was beautiful. had all the necessary things. And he hired tenants to keep it. And he would send his servants. We know that the servants are the prophets. The tenants are the people of Israel. Every time the owner would send a servant, a prophet, the tenants would kill that servant. We know from the history of Israel that they killed the prophets. That's how Jesus describes Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city who kills the prophets. And yet, in the parable, the owner says to himself, I know, I will send my son. Surely they will receive him. Surely they will respect him. Surely they will receive what he has to say, for he comes in my name. And what do the tenants do? They seize the son and they kill him. They kill him for all, all variety of reasons, but in the parable specifically, it, Jesus says that they kill the son because they want to have his inheritance. We think of what St. John says, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. St. John also says in his gospel, he came to his own and his own did not receive him. And so here in the middle of this Holy Week, as we get ready for the great three days, Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, Easter Day, the Day of Resurrection. As we get ready for these, we're, we're prepared to see that in order that God would not have to destroy his people yet again, 
he sends his Son, his only begotten Son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. He did not send his Son to con- into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. And that is our walk to the cross this Holy Week. We take our sin seriously. Simply because our sin is forgiven so freely by our Lord God does not mean that we do not walk with watchfulness and impenitence. That's what this whole season of Lent has been for us, one of watchfulness and penitence. But we do walk with Jesus in his sufferings. We do look at Psalm 55 and take it on our own lips. Let me pray for us. Holy God, please in your mercy, help us to enter into the meditation of the sufferings of your Son, our Lord and Savior. Grant this by the power and provision of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us stand together and let us affirm our faith on page 15 as we say together the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, a holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show us your mercy. O Lord, save our nations. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. O Lord, save your people. Give peace in our time, O Lord. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten. Create in us clean hearts, O God. This is the collect for the Wednesday in Holy Week. Assist us mercifully with your grace, Lord God of our salvation, that we may enter with joy upon the meditation of those mighty acts by which you have promised us life and immortality. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen.
O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you as eternal life and to serve you as perfect freedom. Defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries. Through the might of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hardwood of the cross that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us in your spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you for the honor of your name. Amen. Now we enter into a season of intercession on page 30. First, take a minute and offer any petitions that you have for yourself. Now let us pray for the church. Lord, we pray for St. Bart's, for all your churches in East Dallas and Dallas that are preaching your holy gospel. Pray for our clergy, our Bishop Philip, for the Anglican mission. We pray as your people respond to this crisis. We pray that you would fill your people with your Holy Spirit and that a manifestation of unity and togetherness, though we're isolated, would be felt by each one of us. We pray for the world, O God, that you would have mercy. We pray especially in the developing countries of the third world where this disease could take hold, that you would stay its hand and have mercy. Pray for our nation and its leaders. Our President Donald, our Governor Greg, our Mayor Eric, and our County Commissioner Clay. Give all leaders, Lord, at every level, wisdom, justice, discernment. Fill them with your mercy as they shepherd and administrate so many in this difficult time. We pray for your creation, our home. Thank you for the beauty we see all around us in beautiful sunny days, in spring full and bloom, green grass and green trees and blooming trees. Lord, we pray for that, that same resurrection life to happen with this coronavirus, that it would die and that new life would sprout forth. We pray for the oppressed and suffering, for those stuck in cycles of poverty, for the mentally ill, for the isolated and alone. We pray especially, Lord, for those who are um, compromised or, or vulnerable in any way to this disease. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. We pray for our family and friends. Lord, especially if we're spending a lot of time with them right now, pour out your mercy on us to shower them with grace and peace. 
And we pray for our enemies, those who are like Judas in Psalm 55. We hand them over to you, Lord. And now we give thanks to you, God, for your provision, for giving us our daily bread, for keeping us alive, and giving us the hope of your resurrection as we pass through this valley of the shadow of death. Let's conclude our prayers on page 31 with a general thanksgiving. (laughs) Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. And may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining me today for morning prayer. I will see you Friday for our Good Friday service. Look for that to be posted to the website Friday. And on Sunday, Easter Day, Day of the Resurrection, I'll see you then as well. God bless you. Be strong and courageous. We'll see you soon.